Welcome. Welcome back to another episode of Motherfuckers. I'm your host, Vincent Green. I'm your host, Noel John Tui. This is Invasion of Potty Snatchers, and this week we're talking about the crazy motherfucking stop-motion animated 30 years in the making by the master Phil Tippett himself. Mad God. Noel, you brought this to the table. You made us dine on this insane fucking meal. Talk to us, brother. It's, I don't know if we've seen a movie or it's just like mass hysteria, you know, shared psychosis. I think I had an acid flashback from my early 20s my, or so. I think if you were on acid and seen this, it would fix you. you know? <laughs> or break you irreparably. <laughs> like, I do not know what the plot was. I'm sorry, yeah. I do not know. But yeah. I was absolutely, absolutely gobsmacked by how beautiful it was and how yeah. crazy it was. And you could just know that everything was... I, I was even thinking, there's one scene where it just kind of like does this kind of panoramic view of these kind of underground like pipes and stuff. I remember I said to Sheila and I was watching, I said, do you know just how painstaking, like that mm. three seconds, you know how painstaking that would have been? Yeah. Like every little nook and cranny, a little cobweb and the little creature that just, just kind of goes by unannounced. And I'm just thinking, my God, like the love that stop animation. I always loved it. Like Coraline is is one of my favorite films. I Fucking disturbing don't. movie. Exactly. Uh, but because stop motion is a labor of love. It's, yeah. It's like it's a little art form in and of itself. And this just took it to a dark and crazy place. And I was I loved it. Mm. But, but but maybe one viewing is enough for a, a long long time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it, uh, I think I said to you in conversation um, was. The last time I saw something that really kind of struck me in the same way was Salad Fingers. Like how fucking weird yes. and messed up it is. You know what I mean? Like it, it just for the first never explains itself. Yeah. And it refuses. Hubert Cumberdale. Yeah. <laughs> I like it when the red water comes out. <laughs> like fucking Salad Fingers is disturbing. Maybe I shan't Canadian. play with you until I love when Salad Fingers kills a bug and he goes, Oh, hey, you're all dirty. I shan't <laughs> play with you until you've had a wash. <laughs> Oh man, that was fucking disturbing. Like this, this movie, yeah, it like I had no idea what it was about. I didn't watch any trailers going in. Didn't even look at any shots or any stills. That's, and for you, anything. that's a bit rare. Yeah, like uh, exactly. Like I'd never even heard of this movie. I, I think I heard Phil Tippett had, had, had recently done a movie, and I'd heard, I know of him obviously from his work in Jurassic Park and lo- lots of other fucking movies. I, I, I that like, anytime you have movie knowledge and you need to name out movies on the spot is where your movie knowledge literally deserts you in a moment. But I yeah, know for a fact, yeah, you, yeah. you know what I mean? But I, I, I know for a fact he worked on Jurassic Park. Um, <laughs> but I heard he had a movie in the making. I didn't know it was Mad God. I didn't know this was Phil Tippett's movie until actually after the credits rolled, pretty much. Because I'm not sure if I've seen his name. I, I recognize his name at the end, if that makes any sense. I could have yeah. seen his name at the beginning. But because everything was so crazy, what was going on in front of me, I like literally I planned to 60% watch this movie and do some like MDK shit on the side. Five minutes into the film, I turned away my I turned off my laptop and put it away. I was like, yes, this is a movie I feel like I need to give 120% attention to, or oh, yeah. I will be completely lost. Yeah. <laughs> and even that, it's, it's still a fool's errand. You yeah, know, it's, it's, it's like the only way I can describe it is if anyone hasn't seen this movie is that it's, uh, we already touched on stop animation, all this kind of cool stuff, but it's pretty much a post-apocalyptic world. It's, it's kind of talking about, uh, I don't know, just like these creatures. No word is spoken. Yeah. No word is spoken. There's no, no dialogue. Word is spoken. Much. Even there's a, a speaker, like, you know, talking over, yeah. this part over city and it's just. Yeah. Gibberish. Pretty you know, much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's pretty much a post-apocalyptic world. There's uh humanity is pretty much uh, uh dead 
except for a few doctors that seem to be doing experiments on the last remnants of existence. And these last remnants of existence seem to be used as food, fuel, anything. They're just being pretty much crushed under this massive industrialized post-apocalyptic world. It's like steamrollers and there's all these weird mutants and aliens. And there's and how it kind of kicks off is we follow the guy and I, I did a little bit of research at the end of the movie is called protagonist. I think he's or not. Sorry, his name's not protagonist. Um, I can't actually remember his fucking name, but he's a dude with a gas mask. And um, you think he's going to be the a main hazmat, Like a hazmat suit, it appears. Like, fun, yeah, like absolutely. I'm going to get this up on IMDb, but um, uh, like pretty much this dude who you feel like is going to be the main protagonist, he's actually one, and uh, he's in it for the first 20 minutes, maybe. And then after the first 20 minutes, he gets taken over by a monster. Cut to, he's on a fucking like, medical exam table. These two doctors come in and start dissecting this motherfucker. Like, and he's full of jewelry. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is that all about? What, what was that like? Man, this it's fucking movie full is... of jewelry. Like, man, it's beyond explanation. I'm going to see if I can. Um... But like, it seemed like he, before he got taken out, what he'd done is he'd gone down to the deepest steps he could, and he planted a bomb. Yeah, because I think so they're t- they're trying to overthrow of the whatever it was, the, or what, like whatever in every sense of the word, not like an authority, a creature, or whatever is in charge of this dystopia yeah and uh the bomb doesn't go off the bomb seems to be a bit of a dud it keeps getting caught in that one second yeah uh, and uh yeah and then it just and then there's that segment in the middle where it's not it's people there's actors actually in it, it uh, it's just very strange. The, the doctors that bring the baby is a, or bring something as a sacrifice like a baby or something yeah, yeah yeah or no it's like a spine lizard creature oh the thing that came out uh, i just checked the names there's two characters are the assassin um two people played the assassin the first guy um and see this movie was shot over uh 30 years so it's actually three different breaks my brain three different people actually played the assassin obviously over the years you know and um, think about like kirk cobain nirvana were playing gigs and some of this movie was being made. And you know what I mean? And now we're just sitting here in 2022 and, and the movie's been finished. I just It just breaks my brain that somebody's stuck with it. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. He's got an interesting story, Phil Tippett, because like um, when he was working on uh, Jurassic Park, initially all of Jurassic Park was going to be stop motion animation. And if anyone knows, obviously, Jurassic Park, that what it did better than anyone in the early 90s was the CGI. And you're going to wonder how those two are connected. Well, when you watch the how the movies that made us on Netflix, they show that at this time, these guys that were actually pretty much on the cutting edge of CGI said that we can build a, a dinosaur in a computer. And they're like, no, nah, you can't. And Phil Tippett was like, no, 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 no. Stop motion animation. So we do it. And eventually they were able to actually build the, the, the Brontosaurus, the Brachiosaurus, whatever, the Prodicus, all these different creatures in a computer. They brought it up to the people, um, uh, ILM or someone, I think it was. And it passed muster and it pretty much became this case of Phil Tippett was still contracted to work on the movie, but stop motion animation was starting to be kind of phased out. And so he kind of came in and worked with the CGI guys and all about movement and all this kind of shit. So that, that's kind of the thing that like maybe this labor of love is his like almost his swan song to stop motion animation because like 30 years has gone. Like, if you look at the trajectory, when did he start thinking about this movie? When Jurassic Park was after being made. That's what I mean. Like, you know Terminator, what I mean? Terminator 2 is, pro- is the biggest film in the world. It's only a year yeah. in the cinema. It's like, uh, oh my God. Like, it's just, yeah, it just, it just breaks my brain. Um, I, 
I just thinking like that maybe after Jurassic Park he said I want to make a labor love that's oh, yeah. the true qualities of stop motion animation. This is not an archaic, a medium, like it's far from it. Like look at look since 1992, Wallace and Gromit, like you know what I mean? Like one of my favorite stop motion animations, fucking Wallace and Gromit. It took five years and that would have had see here's the thing, like on a stop motion, unlike an awful lot of other things, it's uh too many chefs. Yeah, like eventually you literally just need somebody who knows exactly what needs to be done doing almost everything. Yeah, you know, like you set the scene up, but I know how I want Coraline to move, so yeah. I'm going to have to position her picture, position, picture, position, picture, position, picture. Yeah, I, I have to do it. It's quicker it, it, now, it, isn't it? it? Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, god, I'm sure that because the computers just, and stuff, like you know, yeah, I mean? yeah, but um, but the 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 love that goes on. and this movie was, and I know this is kind of a bullshit cliche term to throw around. Um, uncompromising. Oh. I don't think he did not make a movie for us. Oh, 100%. It's kind of like when uh, made it for himself. Yeah, it's like shit what you think. It's like when a classic band comes back, you know, music better than me, but it's like just imagine Tool, Tool haven't released an album in 20 years. And and in the background, they've been working on like 12 different songs that they never well, they released. Did. Just the other year, like the, the, the release of an album for the first time in 13 and a half years. You know I mean, fuck, I was on it there, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah. You know what and I mean, the, I just uh, picked two uh, because I know they're and, random and, and, as fuck at times. Fucking... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's true. They just, but then you're just kind of like, wow, this, but like, again, the, the reason they're a good example as well is when I heard that album, I was like, that, that was for them. Exactly, and, that's what and, I'm saying. And if fans like it, that's great. But if they start, like you see what happens with the Metallicas and stuff where they try to keep up with current trends, yeah. they end up disfranchising fans. So this guy said, look, I don't care. I, 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 like his career, he's placing the, I don't know, like for the people who actually know films like you and the, the back, the people behind the camera, he's, he's placed, he's got an Oscar. He's, he's sorted. This yeah. is something that he was going to see at the end. Yeah, and the thing is, he probably has the reputation, and everybody understands his mastery that he can see something. He worked on Robocop, Starship Troopers, Jurassic Park, Star Wars Ooh. Episode Six. Um, what else he work on? Episode Six. He oh, worked wow. on the Twilight movies. That would uh, Spiderwick Chronicles. Return of the Jedi would have been Episode Six, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. No, Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. No, 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 you're right. Return, Return to Jedi. To Jedi. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Jesus Christ, my Star Wars mats are off. He worked on Robocop 2 and Shreeman Willow. He worked on all Robocop, Robocop 2. He would have been the, the bad the, the bad robot was, I can't think of his name, it was the, but the brain of the bad guy in a robot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was very stop motion So, like, oh. Yeah, he worked on all the Robocops. He worked on Willow, The Golden Child, Howard the Duck, Indiana Jones. Like, this dude is a fucking legend. Well, that's it. So, then, you know, so now, so I could, I, you could, he could take a shit on film and and it doesn't matter. Like, his place in the pantheon is secure. So, he meant something for him. And it was just this fever dream. But the work, yeah, the work in it is incredible. Yeah, the visuals in it is incredible, yeah. and it's not like oh, I didn't really think much of the plot. The, the whole thing was that you weren't really supposed to fully understand what was happening. Yeah, yeah, I think I it think was supposed to mess with you, and it did. Yeah, like I haven't seen anything like this before. Like it's crazy. Like I, I, a couple of times, that I guaranteed you. This yeah, is why I, when I was messaging you, I was saying, look, all I can promise you is that you haven't seen this before. Yeah, exactly. Like a couple of times, I literally had to rewind, uh, like a sequence. Just to make sense of it, you know what I mean? I was just like, because one thing I pride myself on, no matter how complicated or how com- convoluted a movie is, I nearly always know exactly what's going on at any given time. Whether I'm giving it 100% yeah. attention or 6% attention, I always know exactly oh, what's I, going on at any given time. Like, I always do zone in enough to understand. A little bit it. of pride in the podcast is always, you kind of go, wait a minute, I'm not actually 100% sure why this character 
I thought this character had gone with the other guy. Yeah. Back 40 seconds, 50 seconds. You know, yeah. I, I drifted away. There's something yeah. about, and it might be important. Yeah. But like, yeah, this, it's like this I looked film, at my messenger for a second on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You know, yeah. And uh, this, 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 this film, you were like, okay, man, I'm trying my best here. Yeah. But like, they, they took all the jewelry out and then they took the spiny creature thing and then they juiced it. Yeah. <laughs> like in a jam yeah. kind of press. Man, like, what the fuck? I looked away for a second and like, the dude was getting dissected. And I was like, wait, is that the dude with the gas mask? And then I had to rewind yeah. it. So I, at least, yeah, I didn't see him getting taken out. And um, because That's it, he just gets run over by one of those giant footed monster things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And those yeah. mossy people that we were talking about last night before we were recording. Yeah, it's so fucking weird, man. Like, I, I don't know where or how he came up with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, like, when I when I watch a movie, you can understand there, like, what they're trying or what, what the motivation was behind it. But I'd love to know and sit down with him and have a chat and go, what made you go this direction with the movie? Like, the visuals there are beautiful and all this. And I would have loved to see maybe a slightly more coherent narrative. Um but like it, it caught my attention and I held it for pretty much an hour and a half. What's uh, the man's name? Phil Pippin or Phil Tippin? Tippet. Tippet. Yeah. Um, I'd be just like, Mr. Tippet. Why? Like open-ended question. Why? You yeah, know? and he's probably like, because I wanted to. Yeah, why not? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and somebody like with his resume, fuck you, that's why. And that yeah. a perfectly acceptable answer. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so fucked up. And then you have, uh, like, I think it's kind of like just two or three stories. Each act has his own story almost, you know what I mean? And because there's like, isn't there the alchemist or something that's later on? And then there's like some weird creation. Is type the alchemist thing. the actual human that you see with the nails? And... No, that's the last human. He's the guy that's actually sending out the assassin yes, and the alchemist. Yes, yes, okay. he, he seemingly like, well, I've picked up, because um, I read an article about this movie afterwards, I'm not even going to lie. Um, that seemingly he's the last human and he's sending out these dudes to destroy these creatures that have taken over the world or some subjugated humanity or some shit. I think that's the closest understanding I got from it. That the last human is the guy with the long nails and he's sending out these assassins and the, the alchemists and these dudes. Yeah, I think they've given up on the world below. But all they could do is destroy it. They yeah. Were in some sort of cloud city or something because they were presenting this literal pod. Yeah. And they were like winding it down and, uh, uh, but this is all just stuff that you're gleaming together. Mm. And it's it's supposed to mess with you. It's supposed to mess. Like, look, all, all you can say is, did a film meet its objectives? This film, I feel like, met every single one of its objectives. Perfect. Mm. And, but it didn't fall into the conventional, like, oh, did, did we make it as entertaining as we could? And he's like, I don't care. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Did the storyline make sense? Fuck no. <laughs> like, uh, there's supposed but, to be a storyline? But they didn't feel like it was trying to. You know, you know, I always say this unapologetic. to you. You know when you're watching a cheesy film like, and there's this little bit of self-awareness? Yeah. That's, that, that makes you forgive it an awful lot. But when a film thinks, like one the second Transformer movie, the, the last time I watched a Transformers movie, it, when, it, when they start killing Optimus, I go back to this example a few times, mm. um, and they start killing Optimus, and all of a sudden the music changes to sad, and, and it gets slow motion-y, and I went, no. No, yeah, you haven't earned this. Yeah, this is our place. I don't give a fuck if he dies. Yeah, um, no, but and that, you should because it's up and to you the frame. Should, of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm an 80s baby, of course, yeah. but um, 1880s, you old bastard, <laughs> you old human relic. Yeah, <laughs> they're starting to feel that way, but um, <laughs> but I, I don't, and this that self awareness, this film was nothing but self awareness, yeah. 
Oh man, he wasn't trying to be anything that's not. He wasn't. He didn't do this. He's not trying to get Oscars out of this or anything like that. He could get an Oscar out of it. Could some sort of yeah, yeah, the lesser known categories, the visual, yeah, uh, the the animated one even. Yeah, yeah, the animated one. It's an absolute lunacy. Yeah, but if you don't like, it's one of those films where art is subjective and movies are subjective, and you kind of like, oh, I, I didn't like this film. And I like this film. You go, all right, fine. That's you know your opinion. But if you didn't like this film, it's like I don't think it's about liking or not liking. Yeah, yeah. I just I, don't. I think it sits. I think it sits outside of that paradigm. I don't. Yeah, think you could, trying to introduce itself that way. I think if someone could say to me, "I didn't like this film," I could say, "I don't think you could say I don't like it." Like the way you said it, I think you're better off saying I didn't understand the movie. Yeah, you know that kind of way because you, I could. I think that's a fair criticism. Someone says to me, "I didn't understand it, so I didn't like it." And I said, "It's not that you didn't like it. Then it's just that you didn't really understand it." You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like I could say, uh, like I didn't really understand it at times, and I'm sure many people are. Inception is always a go-to for that, isn't it? Yeah. As in, people or just tennis. kind of got the tennis, uh, tennis, and I would fall into the the category in tennis, <coughs> where I, I didn't like it, but it's probably fair to say that I didn't understand it. Do you remember had, Chris Nolan I, used to make good movies? Um, I, I, I recall, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, like Chris, Chris Interstellar Nolan. bullshit. <laughs> Space Ghost. Really? Space Ghost? Is that what you're firing at me? Interdimension Space Ghost, Chris Nolan. Is that what you're firing at me? Yeah. Right? Uh, by the way, in Tenet, like, the way he walks through a puddle to get dry and, like, sound is moving, shouldn't light come out of your eyes shouldn't you be blind or something I, yeah I, I mean there's so many should your so skin many. be on the uh, inside your body yeah i mean there's so many i, I kind of got a headache kind of go no there's there's no shouldn't there's, the entire world be upside down yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah shouldn't australia be in the north pole <laughs> you know what i mean australia doesn't exist yeah, <laughs> my brother lives lives there in I doubt it. your brother yeah. the, the, the sleeper agent yeah the sleeper agent yeah, yeah. the one that's obviously profligating this fucking australia <laughs> lie yeah you know what i mean like I, I haven't seen him in like 15 years and now he's somehow in his 30s even though the last time i saw him i don't know man doesn't make yeah sense. that doesn't add up to me like to me it sounds like he was actually probably brought to a cloning farm <laughs> you know what i mean like, he's, simple. like you know what i mean like yeah I was going to say his name on air and I was like, wait, that's not my place to do that. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so like, you know, it, what really struck me that he might not be human is his name is 001670, but whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're sending out that his name is definitely a code name, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I mean, I, I honestly like, but his name is code name too. He. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget your brother, Zachary. That's the way my family always talks. You know, it's, it's, it's a bit of an odd one. Don't forget your brother, Broken Arrow. Wait, what? <laughs> he moved over there for sports reasons. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you find out you're in a family like in Black Widow. Your whole family's false. And you're all yeah, scary. that's it. Yeah, yeah. The best part of my out. life was a and lie. Then, and then Chris Van Olen or, you know, or what's, his, what's the twist guy? Uh, Emily Shemelan. Then I find out I'm also a clone and I was supposed to figure out I'm a clone and I'm still part of the plan or something. Ah, clone John. <laughs> <laughs> but um my God, man, um if you were I was, you know when we ask each other, would you recommend this film? What would you say on it? Um I'm going to go a different route. I'm a random person, just whatever you picture is the most average person, average taste in films, uh, all of that kind of stuff. How would you sell this movie to me? I'm looking for a movie to watch. I would say about Mad uh, Mad God, right? Like, it, it has no dialogue, whatever, right? That that can be a bit off-putting for people. But if you want to see a film that is sheer artistry, like if you want to look at the apex of a medium, 
Like when you look at that's brilliant. When I'm you sorry, at, I don't want to pat your back too much, but Apex yeah, of a medium is an excellent expression. When you look at different mediums like the Apex CGI, your practical effects, like the thing, if you want to look at the apex of a specific medium or a genre or a little niche inside the films, look at Mad God because this is the pinnacle of what um stop motion animation can do it's incredibly intricate the soundtrack's incredible the visuals are next level the storyline is definitely wanting but i don't think he even wanted to focus it. yeah i think he was trying to encapsulate the confusion of this world that these yes. creatures are living in by showing this like almost uh, also trying to capture the, the almost the pointlessness of existence because no matter how much of a fantastic life you live you're living in one direction and that's the death. Yeah, yeah. You no know one, what I mean? No one here gets out alive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I just think it's trying to capture all these different things, the senselessness of existence, the pointlessness of life. But at the same time, it, he, he never shies away from showing how talented he is as a creator. He yeah. never, obviously he challenged himself in ways that he probably never challenged himself before. Look at those, those fucking smokestacks, the backdrop, the fucking intricacies and the fucking the design of the industrialized nature of the world that these characters living in the assassin exactly, the alchemist yeah, the last human yeah. all this kind of stuff They're, like everything about this movie is awe-inspiring in lots of ways it yeah. shows you what you can do with body language with visuals with sound with soundtrack without any kind of need for dialogue and it can also show you how you can be really really unsettling with people by pairing strange sound effects with weird visuals like that weird mouth on the screen that was making baby noises that just that shit is going to haunt me for the rest of my fucking life yeah and it's like very orwellian that's what you said you know? is at least i know my nightmares are going to be for the next month yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. man like, uh, but you, you actually touched upon some really good mm. stuff there i have to say because a lot of the times it was it, it was like this is this done right now i was about to say when I, I didn't know who this guy was i'm not as a behind the camera guy as you are you've always yeah. you've always had me beaten there in spades um, it's just not it doesn't interest me quite as much i always find it interesting when i when i'm being told stuff in conversation yeah, i just I don't hope find to make a movie someday out. so i need but, to learn but when i was watching this i knew i was watching uh, some a uh, film made by somebody who was not trying to prove anything to anybody yeah you can feel that's that. the thing. you can feel the I ego in it that. almost oh yeah, yeah absolutely. You know what i mean like oh absolutely yeah, that's the thing. He didn't shy away from showing his artistry. Like it's like no. like a Picasso or something. It's just like, oh, you don't it's like. He just went abstract. He didn't have to put it into a very, that's very it, yeah. confined. Like like Robocop Two, I'm sure was great to work on, but it, he didn't come at the end of it and go, "That was my art." Robocop yeah. Two was a silly film. Like it was, that was my paycheck. Yeah, that was my paycheck. And yeah. there you go. Like you know, and then he put this. He was like, "This is you know, it's abstract. It's off the walls, uh, but it's beautiful." Yeah, and if you don't get it, you don't get it. That's fine. But this, I, I need. I felt like I needed to do this. Extremely intense. Extremely intense. Yeah, like, and it will definitely never let you settle. That's one thing about this whole movie. Like, anytime you think you're settling into some sort of groove, it just knocks you straight back out with some weird, like, it'll kill off the main character. It'll do this. It'll do oh, that. Yeah. Like, like thirty minutes in the first, like, that's what I'm saying. I, I think this movie is almost three separate movies. It was probably like each part took almost ten years to make or something. Yeah. So it was almost like because like the first part was almost like its own movie, and that ended with him being killed and dissected. And then that creature was taken out of him, and then that was offered up as a sacrifice. And then the next story started where you see the alchemist yeah. at the edge of uh, civilization, pretty much, and he's working his way in. And then he gets does he get he gets killed as well, doesn't he? I can't recall. I just remember him sending another guy down, and he yeah. had big long fucked up nails, and 
he was messing with shit. I mean, like I, I, I it was just, it just came back to me when you were talking there. At one point, Sheila, like we, we were having a drink and we were watching, and she goes, "Oh, uh, too much beer. Need to pop out. And, uh, need to go for a wee. Tell me what I missed." Mm. She comes back. She comes back in like a minute later, and she goes, "What did I miss?" And I said, "Are you, are you trying to be funny?" <laughs> <laughs> What did you mean? I don't fucking know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, you missed me being confused when I was drinking this beer. Wait, like to come chase, back for the toilet. It was like a chase scene, and it was kind of cool. It was kind of more actiony than some of the stuff that preceded it. Yeah, don't ask me to explain it to you. Yeah, like the part at the end where it's like it, the civilization is building back up from an exploded planet or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it just like really ethereal. Yeah, yeah, it got like it kind of reminded me a bit at the end of 2000 Space Odyssey, 2001 Space Odyssey, where I can remember the first time I seen that movie. Um, I was like, oh, I was loving it up until the last 15, 20 minutes. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? First of all, I said the part where he tries uh, flies into deep space needs to be an epileptic warning put up there severely because I was watching, I was like, holy shit, if I had epilepsy. Probably now, one of the reasons we actually had to start using epileptic warning. Yeah, man. You know, it probably was one of the things that predated it and then caused Yeah, man. It was, it fucking hell. Yeah. Like that's the, the ending of it for me, that's what it felt like 2001 Space Odyssey, where it was like it, it felt to me like he was trying to, I know, convey some sort of beautiful philosophical message about creation and death and the life cycle or something. But I just 100% could not grasp it. Like when I was watching 2001 Space Odyssey, uh, the, uh, the first time I watched it, I was like, it seems to me like he's trying to talk to me about death and life and creation and all these different things and all these massively profound kind of expressions of self or whatever, if you want to say that. But it took me a second view and to kind of grasp really what he was talking about. And to me, with Mad God, maybe I'll watch it again. It's very intense. It's very heavy. It's, it's an exhausting experience. And it's beautifully done. Like, but it is exhausting. It does hold you captive. But at the end, it seemed like he was trying to convey messages that he didn't really... Like, the ending, to me, was the only part that was kind of lacking in terms of its storytelling conveyance, if that makes any sense. Because yeah. I kind of got what was going on with the first two sections with the assassin, uh, the alchemist. But the last I, part... I bet it was like loosey-goosey, but you felt like you were like, okay... Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I had don't a, ask me, don't ask me to write an essay. Yeah, but I'm, I'm with yeah, you. But I, I could 100% tell you though, the assassin dude was trying to go in and blow up a place. Yes, and you know he was trying I mean? to get as deep as he could. He kept going down yeah. to sections and yeah. he kept kind of going down and he kept going down. He kept going down. Yeah, and obviously, he was trying to take this fucker out from the root. Yeah, or as exactly. close to it as he could get. That I could, that yeah, understand. I could understand. So I figured that he's obviously the enemies of the guys that built this facility. That's something I could understand. Then he gets taken out, and it was like obviously like a guard dog or some shit. And then he gets dissected. I'm like, all right, I can understand and that. And he's full of jewelry. He's full. Uh, yeah, and they start putting the jewelry out. And the creature I figure is these. Uh, oh, and like an enormous amount of jewelry, by the way. Like, an yeah, enormous amount. Like he was eating it. Yeah. Like, you like know an I mean? exorbitant amount, like more yeah. than the entire mass. Of <laughs> yeah, so it, it was fucked up, and he and he's kind of alive during his dissection, which is really fucking insane. And dude, all these mad close-ups of his like his eyeball and stuff like that. And um, it, it's it's a very fucked up movie. Like if I like, but it is. It's beautiful to look at the sound effects, a uh, soundtrack, awesome. Like it's it's hard to put into words what this movie is about. Really, like. If you're listening to this episode, I really hope you've seen it because it's hard to talk about this movie without spoilers because literally there's no real plot. 
so you're all you're doing is talking about the main beats and the main beats that happened was what we spoke about the guy getting taken him getting dissected all the jewelry this parasitic creature being uh, extracted from him being offered up to some sort of deity space creature or some shit wasn't yeah. it yeah. and um uh that, that was cool but like, then it was kind of juiced and killed and drank or consumed or some shit yeah it was blended uh, or something wasn't it yeah yeah i remember this like spiky press thing yeah just comes down and crushes it into some sort of jam yeah uh, yeah it got really 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 obscene who um, do they inject it into a baby or something no i'm trying to remember I, yeah I mean, man this fucking days now yeah, I think yeah. like if we were, I think if we'd recorded pretty straight after this movie, we'd still oh, be the same. Record, oh, yeah, that's that's exactly my point. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, honestly, because like, we have we have like said, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and then I watch the movie, and then like life gets in life has other plans. Yeah, and like four so days later, you record um Yeah, so like, but sometimes like something might just say, hey, what if we do this and this, and I guess push this. I'm just going to make up a number eight days. Yeah, and then I go, I'm going to watch it again. Yeah, I, I I'm going to miss the beats. Yeah, I'll watch it again. I, I'll half watch it even because I know it'll. I just need yeah. the, 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 the the crash course. It's like a long previously. Exactly. Yeah, mm. and um, uh, and this I, I'm sorry, but in my brain, I didn't. Uh, the was... part of me that kind of went, well, actually, no, it's been a week. You should probably go. No, all part of my brain told me that. Even sitting here now is the first yeah. time I've even thought about. It. Yeah, I think I was like literally exhausted after watching it, like. And it, um, it does. I mean, I yeah, she said that it actually took something from us, and not in a bad yeah. way. Like it's it because just, you're trained so it hard. Somewhere it took us somewhere. Yeah, and we were we traveled and we were a little bit tired. Yeah, you know? I think you were just. It's exhausting because you're trying so hard to try figure out the narrative, and like any with any movie, ninety percent of your brain uh, attention goes up to you trying to keep up with the narrative and try to understand the storyline. And when you have a movie that's so random, that's so disjointed, yeah. In, in in at appearance or face value, it seems very disjointed, and I'm sure there. When Phil Tippett was writing this, that uh, he knew what he was aiming for, and maybe he didn't. Maybe it evolved over the thirty years. I don't know what way it was constructed in terms of the script, but I'm sure there was some sort of meaning to the story for him. Um, but trying to figure it out as a viewer and one time viewing is fucking exhausting. It really is. I'm trying to figure out exactly what this world is, who these characters are and all this kind of thing. It is exhausting. Like, and, and that's what I said. I rewound it two or three times because I like look at my phone. I look up and then there's a brand new character, like in a brand new storyline. I'm like, well, what's going on? What happened to this dude? If so, I was like some sort of uh, film teacher art course thingy kind of guy, uh, I would make my students watch this film and write a thesis on it. Because I hate them. Uh, yeah, it's just like, do like to be getting right to be understanding correctly? He's like, I don't yeah. fucking know. Yeah, no, I was actually talking to Tippett, so I yeah. know. Yeah. If you don't get it right, uh, I'm going to fail you. He's going to tip it to scales <laughs> in my direction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, why? Because I hate you. <laughs> yeah, right. oh, like, what? Like, before we get the fuck out of here, what is your one takeaway from Mad God? Like, what? 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 Like. Actually, I'll ask you two, uh, one question, but it's two, if you know what I'm saying. What is your one takeaway in terms of what did, like, what did you feel it, it really conveyed as a story? And what was your favorite thing about it? Right. What do I feel it conveyed as a story? I felt like it was somebody with nothing to prove getting something off their chest and yeah. showing, also showing that when I'm let loose, this is, I can create fucking worlds. You might yeah. not understand them, but I can create fucking worlds. Yeah. And he did. And my biggest um, kind of takeaway from it was that it is so rare, 
that you see something truly remarkably new. Yeah, like we always mean you give like a quiet place a lot of props, and I stand by them because it was like that's kind of like a really good take on a sensory deprivation, mm-hmm. less tapped upon horror genre. Uh, not, 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 I, I should, I should fucking root out our fucking uh, unused quite play special and fucking aired. Yeah, yeah, man, because that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> it just had. There is a little bit of audio issues. Just if anyone ever does this, I think I might just fucking release. It. I think I have yeah, the master. Just, just a giggle, if yeah. I have the master file there, I'll, I'll have a check. But like something, but this was something. I what came away after seeing something so completely new, and I, I also felt, and this might be cocky, of course. Um, but I felt actually no, and not because my experience is not the experience. Yeah, my cinematic experience is not the cinematic experience. Mm. But I, Jesus, I think I wager my pinky that I actually think this was just something that you could just say was completely new by any yeah. spe- by any spectrum, by any metric, or if not at least the very least taken to the nth degree. Yeah, nobody has created something on the scale of stop motion that he has created. Yeah, and it was a fucking ride. For, yeah, like, it was a trip. So, say, I suppose all they can do to, to see us out is reverse uh, Uno card you, yeah, and uh, <laughs> you answer your own question. Yeah, like, um, for me, the biggest thing that I thought I was trying to convey was the kind of the pointlessness of life, of life and oh, yeah, a- also, how, yeah, also how we kind of were destroying the world around us as well. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, that seems Actually, to be, a, yeah, it's, it, yeah, of course, I, I, it seems to be a big thing, and I think it's hilarious coming from someone who came from the generation that destroyed the world around us, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but apart from that, like. <laughs> The cheek um, of us. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? But like, uh, no, I, the generation before us, dude, we didn't destroy the fucking world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, there's a couple of generations before us to hold the blame for that motherfucker. Um, but like, uh, yeah, so for me, I think that my favorite part of the whole movie was just the fucking visuals. Like, I love steampunk. I love that kind of look. And I love these guys. Uh, I love post-apocalyptic worlds taken to the fucking absolute utter extreme. And that's what he did. Like, he, he fucking, he took the medium to its utter extreme and he also took that kind of form of storytelling to its utter extreme in terms of the post-apocalyptic steampunk kind of fucking weird kind of, uh, you know, that kind of industrialized landscape. You know what I mean? It shows you like, it's kind of like there's no greenery left in the world. There's no life left in the world and all there is is industry. And all, yeah, and all life does is support industry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of what it was kind of the conveyance of it to me. That and it's fleeting. I mean, it was. It, I yeah. mean, that is re- the only thing recycled is life. It yeah, whatever exactly. those things were. All we are is food and fuel, pretty much. Like that's kind of what it is for the world around us, because that's what we are. Think about. Oh, I could live seventy years. I could live eighty years. I have all these fantastic memories, all these fucking magnificent experiences throughout my life. Live thousands of days in the earth, seeing all these incredible things. In the, the day, I'm going to be food and fuel for the world. Like when I die, I'm going to be food and fuel. And that's kind of what the message of this movie is, maybe. That no matter how long we live, whether it's a day or 70 or 100 years, in the end of the day, we're food and fuel for the world around us. And maybe that's what Mad God is about. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that is actually, I think you really touched upon something. Yeah. The chaos that the worst case scenario imagined through the eyes of an artist, you know? Yeah. See this, yeah. this people, why it's so important to talk about movies, because I think we have a way better understanding of mad God now than we had, but when we watched it just by fucking talking about it, you know what I mean? Like that's talk about your problems, people problem shared. It's a problem halved. And that's what we did with mad God. It was a problem for the two of us. A little bit of a problem for us to understand, but what we did came into the MDK studios. We sat down, we shared our problem. We have the problem. Now we understand Mad God 
I'm your host. and totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so any, any, any yeah. my God questions, just get in touch with it. It's yeah. uh, Vincent Green. Yeah. <laughs> Vincent Green at Phil Tippett. <laughs> uh, sorry, motherfuckers. Before we get out here, I'm your host, Vincent Green. I'm your host, Nolton Tui. And that was Invasion of Potty Snatchers. And that was Mad God. And if you haven't seen it, you shouldn't be listening to this episode. And if we ruined it for you, it's your own fault. Because yeah, it's on you. That's right. it's on you should be watching these fucking movies because yeah. you know this is how the show runs. Yeah, See you next just... time, motherfuckers. Peace. Pieces.